What up, family? It's episode 114 of The Genius Life. What up, what up, what up? What's going on, friends, humans of Earth? Pull together, will ya? Um, I'm so excited to have you here for the next hour. My name is Max Lugavere. I'm a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foods and the Genius Life. On this episode of the show, I'm super excited to introduce you to my friend, Nicole Arbor. Nicole is a comedian. She's also an actress, a choreographer, a singer, YouTuber, and she's soon to be a podcaster. She's known for her often controversial take on topical uh, news stories, among other things. And um, she, in this episode of the show, really opens up about her uh, struggle with chronic pain over the years and um, depression that has uh, come from that and how she has managed to deal with both of those things. So this is going to be a very relatable um, episode for you if you've ever struggled with chronic pain and or issues related to mental health. Also in our chat, Nicole takes apart the medical industry, big pharma, social media, yoga, outrage culture, and the healthy at any size movement. Of course, Nicole being a comedian and especially one who um, is kind of known for ruffling people's feathers, uh, I want you to just be aware that if you're easily offended, this is probably not um, the episode for you. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention is that we recorded this weeks before the coronavirus pandemic hit. So we don't talk about the coronavirus at all. We also obviously do not talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, which I support and which is very important and going on right now. Um, so I just don't want you to think that we ignored those topics. We just recorded this before um, those two events occurred. And now that those disclaimers are out of the way, I really think that you're going to enjoy this episode of the show. But before we dive in, this episode is powered by my good friends at Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic makes a line of medicinal mushroom-infused coffees and elixirs that I love to sip on any time of day. They thankfully uh, use their mushrooms in various elixirs that are caffeine-free, like their uh, lion's mane elixir mix, which is totally organic and um, includes organic lion's mane mushroom, about 1,500 milligrams per serving. Rhodiola, which is has been studied as being an adaptogen, um, and, uh, and organic stevia, all really great stuff. Lion's mane has been purported to possess immune-boosting properties. So if you're avoiding caffeine, or even if you currently do uh, consume caffeine and want to um, throw some lion's mane in your coffee as a synergistic sort of um, booster shot. Four Sigmatic is a great option. Um, there's a lot of mushroom products now, medicinal mushroom products on the market. Lion's mane, uh, Four Sigmatic continues to be um, among, among my very top favorite brands because their products use also primarily, I think actually exclusively, the fruiting bodies of the mushrooms, which are the most effective parts of these mushrooms as opposed to mycelium, which makes them among the most effective medicinal mushroom products money can buy, baby. Uh, so if you want to check out anything that Four Sigmatic um, produces, you can also go to their website, which has you know just lots of education on the topic of medicinal mushrooms, um, what they can and can't do, and so you know so forth. Head over to foursigmatic.com/max. That's f o u r s i g m a t i c. 
com slash max or use promo code max and you'll get to save 15% off of anything and everything in their online store. Again, that is foursigmatic.com slash max or promo code max will get you 15% off of everything and anything in their online store. This episode is also brought to you by Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon makes a line of delicious, high protein, grain-free, sugar-free, keto-approved breakfast cereals. Actually, I mean, you can eat them any time of day. They're that good. They're great as a uh, dessert after dinner. Um, They're great as a snack, uh, the cereal. They just taste so great, and nostalgia really is the vibe that they're going for. The cereals literally taste like the the sugary, junk commercial cereals that you probably grew up with. I mean, if your childhood was anything like mine. Um, I mean, I used to love devouring a bowl or two or three of Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Frosted Flakes. Magic Spoon literally set out to uh, create healthy um, cereals that taste like those super indulgent cereals of our youth. And they've done an amazing job. So their cereals are sweetened with a blend of stevia monk fruit and allulose. Uh, If you have an aversion to stevia, you'll be happy to know that they don't use very much. Um, But generally the cereals just, they taste amazing and they have uh, cinnamon flavor, they have frosted flavor, they have like a Fruity Loop kind of flavor, they have chocolate flavor. My brother prefers chocolate, I prefer uh, cinnamon or frosted. Everybody has a different favorite. If you want to try um, any of Magic Spoon cereals, uh, you can actually head over to magicspoon.com. They have a great variety pack if you're just dipping your toe toe into the Magic Spoon pool. And if you use promo code Genius, you'll get to save on shipping. Shipping is about six bucks. So by using promo code Genius, you'll get uh, $6 off your um, any order. You can use it over and over again. So again, magicspoon.com, promo code Genius, save on shipping, and uh, thank me later. All right, guys, we're just seconds away from my chat with the hilarious Nicole Arbor. She's the best. Um, but before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to iTunes user... Nurse Maddie B, who left this glowing review for the show on iTunes. Maddie B wrote, The Genius Life podcast is a work of art. Max speaks with humility, intention, and compassion for his listeners. While he is motivated first and foremost by the life of his beautiful mother, Kathy, I'm convinced that he is devotedly driven to truly make the world a better place through promoting the holistic well-being of all people. His words are convincing, evidence-based, and so incredibly entertaining. Thank you, Max. Well, thank you, Nurse Maddie B. I am over the moon that you are receiving exactly what it is that I intend to put out into the world. And you're right. I care about all people. And I truly believe that nobody should be deprived the opportunity of living a genius life. So thank you for picking up what I'm putting down to all you guys out there. Thank you for taking the time to leave that rating and review on iTunes. It really helps the show. Join my newsletter at maxlugavere.com. Text me at 310-299-9401. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash maxlugavere. You can actually watch the entirety of this video interview with Nicole. Uh, if you want to look at us um, talk, you can uh, watch that at youtube.com slash maxlugavere. My Uh, Goal is to have all of my episodes of the show ultimately be recorded on video and put up on my YouTube channel. So you're really getting a head start by subscribing now and ensuring that you never miss a potentially life-changing episode of The Genius Life. All right, now without further ado, I'm excited to dive into the wild and wacky world of Miss Nicole Arbor, comedian, provocateur, and my good friend. Here we go. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thanks um, for having me, Fran. 
It's uh, it's so cool. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because I'm a fan of your work. I think you're hilarious. Go on. And uh, <laughs> no, you're Thanks. amazing. I like that you just you spare no punches. You know, like you just go there. Like there's no topic that's too sacred for you to to, to tear apart. I mean, I went through yeah. your Instagram before we started rolling. You have disassembled the Super Bowl all within the past month. The Super Bowl. Um, there was like the healthy at any size movement movement, which I think like Stop. some might might remember. Um, there just so much stuff, so much yeah. stuff, um, and uh, and so yeah, just thank you for like having cojones in a time where like I feel like outrage is just like outrage. It's a personality the- now. It's like yeah. I don't need a personality. I could just be angry at everything, and I can open an Instagram page, and all I have to do is say I hate Donald Trump, and then I get millions of followers. Yeah, it's a weird time. It is a weird time. Thanks. I get I get outrage quite a bit. Not probably uh, not on a scale you know like you, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, people come out of the because people feel really strongly about health and nutrition. Yeah, too. they do. A lot of people that I feel don't even participate in it. They just like to watch it and throw in their two cents. I think that happens a lot in your industry, at least. Yeah, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. No matter how uh, valid that opinion may be, you know, everybody everybody has one. Everybody's like an armchair nutritionist. Yeah. It seems in my world. It's true. And that's actually how I found you was I was like, oh, this guy talks some shit. <laughs> and you weren't scared. Like I saw you in your stories. You were not scared at all to go against people. And I feel like you actually like poke at the bear as well. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Isn't it fun just it's to so troll fun. people back a little bit when they're stupid? It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I like I like people, but yes, I agree that the Dunning Kruger effect is real. Are you familiar with that? Like, listen, you sound like you just sneezed. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's go bas- on. It's basically this 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 fallacy where the more people, the less people know, the more they think they know, and the more ah Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's the false confidence of like the masses, you know, about uh. any given topic, whether it's politics or nutrition, and the more you actually know, the less you feel like you know. So that's why experts, that like yeah. true experts in nutrition, they realize that how little they freaking know, and that's how I feel. I feel overwhelmed by the amount that I don't know, and I'm not saying that I'm an expert, but. Um, but on just I on, love how much quantifying is going on right now. It's awesome. It's um, but yeah. So the Dun- the Dunning Kruger. I think it's like you know, the, the less people know, the more they think they know, and the more inclined they are to leave those nasty comments. Ah, the nasty yeah. comments are funny. Yeah, that that's probably what you just said is probably very true. Yeah, I love knowing what I know, and I love knowing that, that I don't know things on some topics. So, it's same. It's like one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, I feel that way. Like when I discover like a new music genre. Or, you know, some new health rabbit hole that I have yet to go down. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the best things in life to realize how little you know and how much there is to know. And, um, yeah, it's like what gets me out of bed in the morning. Yay. I like learning too. Yeah. And that's why I feel like I can take heat from people because I don't mind being wrong. I love being wrong. Good. Teach me some shit. Like whatever happened to learning where we like go at people if they're wrong. It's like, F you, you're wrong. It's like, or you could just be like, oh, hey, actually it's this, this came out. You know, like that, somehow we lost that between school and real life now. That just, teaching each other things is gone now. Thousand percent. Yeah. Um, So, you know, obviously The Genius Life, it's sort of a health and wellness podcast, but I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to broaden out for my audience and I'm I'm hoping that they stick with me for the, for the ride. But um, as I said, I'm a fan of your work and you have like a very interesting life story. So, you know, and I know that you've struggled with, you know, with, with things that I want you to talk about and, uh. And so, yeah, it's just like, what's, you know, give me the, give me the backstory. Okay. Well, in West Philadelphia, born and raised, um, that's not true at all. 
from Canada. Uh, I know the backstory that you mean is probably in terms of like the car accident and chronic pain stuff that I went through. I didn't know about that. Oh, until recently, like when I told you, for yeah. real, you didn't yeah. know. No. See, I feel like every time I go on shows now, they know about that. And that's like the first thing they want me to talk about. And I'm like, all right, let's read, let's do this again. Huh. Um, but yeah, 2008, I was in a car accident. And ended up disabled for most of my 20s and in insane chronic pain from nerve damage to really bad TMJ, so bad I couldn't chew food. I clenched so hard in my sleep that I broke my own teeth and woke up with teeth missing. Just crazy, crazy chronic pain and overall nerve damage and fibromyalgia and all these other things. Head injury was super bad too. And then it wasn't until I ditched most of what Western medicine and went my own route and incorporated uh, mindset training, like hardcore mindset training in positivity, like four to five sermons a day, at least two on top of motivational videos all day, sticky notes all over my whole house that said, you look great. You're getting better every day. Um, here, here we go. Here's the thing we disagree on. I went on a super alkaline diet and <laughs> I know, but my swelling finally went down after seven years. Wow. So maybe like the alkaline water in those plastic bottles, maybe that's not the best for you. I personally carried around a bottle with little stones in it that made my water alkaline after a certain amount of hours. And I do still drink alkaline water and try and stay super alkaline. I know, I know it's not your thing. Is this alkaline? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't um, know if this one is. Actually, I think it might be. I, I don't, don't think so. Here's the thing. If somebody sh shows me – well, first of all, if somebody tells me that, that that alkaline water has helped them, I'm like, amazing. I'm cool. Not, yeah. I don't yeah. like – I'm not here to throw stones and to be like – In the water bottle. <laughs> yeah. But um, so what, but what was it that, about the – did you change your diet or you just started I changed drinking? my uh, diet completely. Okay. So it, that actually came from the head of the chronic pain – uh, clinic in Toronto. And they were like, we, they were the first ones who said they could get me slightly better after I was told I'm disabled forever. They were like, will you listen to everything we say? I'm like, yeah, sure. And they were like, okay. They started me on nerve block injections and those changed my life. Uh, do you know what those guys are? No. So basically it's a Japanese needle about yay big and they stick it directly into your nerves, especially where you have trouble spots, and inject the same stuff that you get at the dentist oh, to wow. like freeze your mouth. Oh, it's painful as, as fuck. Sorry if you have to edit that. Damn. Yeah, it's it's so painful. It's insane. It's like an X-Men hospital, almost looks like a warehouse in mm -hmm. a weird way. Um, yeah, but they would inject me with those every three months-ish, just so I wouldn't feel so much pain and I could start to be physical and heal around it. And I went super alkaline. and. That's like from my diet. So foods that you know to be super acidic, uh, what they told me, at least what they believe, is that when your body's in so much chronic pain, you're producing so much more acid, your muscles, your nerves, everything is just going fucking crazy at that point. And I switched to super alkaline, watched every single food that I ate, only ate what they told me to, had alkaline water, and my swelling went down for the first time in seven years. Like I was so swollen and puffy for seven years. It was crazy. And then it went down. So I tell other people about that too. Hopefully it works for them. But I tried everything that you could think of, like tapping. And I did like the nerve blocks. I did uh, hypnotherapy. I tried everything to get through chronic pain. And it wasn't until I started switching to a super, super healthy diet and tons of antioxidants too, uh, did I see anything help and took myself off all the drugs. I know, you know, people say, don't take yourself off drugs. Well, I did. And I poured them all down the drain. And it's probably not smart when I think of it now. But uh, 
yeah. all the doped up fishies out there. Yeah, totally. I also have like a big container of all my old pills too. Other ones I dumped out. Mm. I'll make them a mural one day. Uh, wow. Yeah. So what are the foods that you added in and what are the foods that you cut out from your diet at that, at that time? So I took out sugar. Uh, I know we agree on that one. So sugar was gone. Uh, lots of leafy greens, lots of lemon and lime on everything too. Um, definitely tons of blueberries. Like I was eating so many blueberries, it felt gross, but it was helping for my brain to heal too. Mm. Um, not a ton of red meat because that would put me over, as they said, on the acid side when I want to stay closer this way. Um, no to the tomatoes, yes to the avocado. There was a whole giant list that I was given and I just stuck to it and I did not cheat. And then I felt a lot better really fast. Wow. And like no gluten, dairy or soy either. And I still no gluten, dairy, soy. And when you say that you were like disabled at the time, like what, like what did that look like? That looked like living in bed or on the floor. Wow. Most of my twenties. Yeah. It's, that's why when people talk to me, they're like, why do you like say whatever you want? I'm like, cause I can <laughs> like, cause I've lived in the bullshit before. Now I'm, I want to tell the truth. And I've been super sad and super depressed and lived on the floor of my grandma's house for years where it smelled like cat pee. There was a little old cat that used to live there. Like it was awful, but laying on the floor was the only thing that was comfortable for me. So I would just lay there. I would wake up. I'd be in so much physical pain, like from uh, back injury, neck injury, shoots down your hands because of the nerves. This hand still gets a little claw-like, but whatever. I got oh. me claw, um, like hook. <laughs> and I would just lay in bed or lay on the floor all day long. And that was my life. And try not to swallow my teeth. Like, it was just such bad physical pain. I'd shake like I had Parkinson's from so much nerve damage. And then after a certain amount of time, your body just kind of checks out. If you're in so much physical pain, it just, just stops working. And then you can't sleep. So as you know, that makes everything way worse. So after not sleeping for about five years properly, everything else was worse because then your functions just start going. I know, like the, the like chronic sleep debt. It's such a such a big problem. It's like being drunk and high. It yeah. was like, but all the time. I don't even want to know what I tweeted back then, but I'm sure it's up there. <laughs> Were you doing comedy back then? Have you always been a comedian? Yeah, I did comedy like all the way up to that point. I had a show that night, a big one, the night of my car accident, and then I couldn't do stand up and most shows for most of those years because. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't stand upright. If I did, the lights would just kill me. Like I'd be dizzy instantly from the lights. So it was pretty brutal. I missed it so much, but the internet saved me. Damn. Yeah, I got to make videos on the internet. That that was like my saving grace. I could do that straight to camera. And my first few videos that went viral, I made from bed and nobody knew. Wow. <laughs> did, did the experience change your comedy? Uh it will, yeah. It will. Yeah. So uh, I'm being like pulled in back into the stand-up world by a bunch of my stand-up friends. They're like, come on, Mitch, let's go. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, no jokes. Tell your real story. And I was like, fair, because that's where all the good stuff is. And I've started, you know, bit by bit doing it. And it's been, it's been pretty awesome. But I just find that I tell the truth a lot more now. And before the car accident, I would tell jokes that I knew would get a laugh. Just a cheap laugh, a whatever laugh, a topical laugh. Now I'm like, let's talk about some real shit. Yeah. What like what I mean, what motivates you? I feel like is it is it to outrage people or is it just you you just you see things in your environment, and you're like, I gotta take that apart or I gotta shoot that down. Like, you know It's the truth. Yeah. The truth is my motivator at all times. It's 
When I was laying in bed, I would notice the common denominator of why people were depressed, upset, just having shitty lives is they're full of shit. Like most people in general lie constantly about the relationship they're in, about their health, why they have struggles, why they aren't where they where they want to be in their job, their life, whatever it is. They're full of shit. And I saw that was the one common denominator. I'm like, this is why people are sad. Just tell the truth. Just someone has to tell the truth. So I was like, fuck it, it'll be me. I don't care. <laughs> and it's not that they're lying necessarily to other people. They're like, I think most of the time it's that they're lying to themselves. Exactly. Yeah. About everything. Like, you know, obviously you know about my the fat people video that was true then and it's true now. For listeners who haven't yeah. seen it, what was that video about? Uh, it was called Dear Fat People. And I basically just... I made jokes in it, but I told the truth that, hey, you did it yourself, and you're the only one that can undo it. And unless you have a very severe, specific chronic condition where this was thrust upon you, bitch, you did it. So undo it. You're not disabled. You should be walking further through the parking lot, not taking the spot at the front with your handicap sign. Hmm. You're going to die. That's like the bottom line is like I, I spent so much of my life so unhealthy from that accident, like most of my 20s, that seeing people take their bodies for granted just pisses me off so much. When I see it, I'm like, oh, you're healthy. Just stop eating garbage. You're okay. <laughs> these chronic issues that you have, these illnesses, all these things that you have to take all these pills for, switch your food. You're going to be okay. Yeah, it really bothered me. So that was that video. That you, I mean, you, that video like spread like wildfire. Yeah, because people lie. People, you got a lot of hate because of it. Yeah, people hate the truth. It People. makes them have to be accountable for their own actions. Oh, God, that's annoying, right? Like, it's so much easier to go, it's the food's fault. It's society's fault. <laughs> I'm just curious, were there any perspectives that emerged in the aftermath of that video that made you, like, question any of the things that you said? No. None. I get thank you letters every single day. I get before and after photos from people every single day to my Instagram, my Facebook, saying, you saved my life. I needed someone to tell me how it is like it is. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. That video is for those people. Wow. Yeah. For the, the sensors that don't like that style, it's not for them. And like, I like the biggest loser because they tell them how it is and then they get results. And yeah, that's all I did. That's amazing. So that video actually like inspired a Tons. significant amount of people to like get their, you know. I would say I have at least 20,000 thank yous in before and after photos, at least 20,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's amazing. Yeah. At the expense of some people getting offended. Oh, no. A lot of other people, 20,000 people at, put, at least yeah. got healthier. If you got offended, what happened? Nothing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I feel like outrage is, as I mentioned, you know, it's like this, it's so, uh, it's so a thing today. You know, people are just like waiting to press the red button, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Like sometimes it is funny to troll people now because it's just like you're not really mad. You're pretending. Let's see <laughs> how far you'll pretend that you're mad at this because you're not. Like even the Super Bowl, like last week, I don't know when this is going to air. So time machine. Um, yeah, the Super Bowl, getting mad at Shakira and J-Lo for being hot. Shut up. What was the story like, there? I didn't actually watch it. It's okay. I didn't think you would. <laughs> um, J-Lo and Shakira did the halftime show. It was lit. And the, everyone was, not everyone, the sensors on the interwebs were mad because they're attractive women that were shaking their big old gorgeous booties. It was the highest level dancing that can be achieved by professional dancers with the top dance crew in the world, the top choreographer in the world. It was spectacular. It was stand up and sheer amazing. 
And then the internet was focused on, well, they were in little outfits and that's inappropriate for my kids who were watching. Hmm. It's like you're watching a bunch of dudes that bang heads to give each other concussions and then beat up their wives after. So <laughs> really we're going to, like, you know, I just, whatever. Not all football players do that, but like, come on. No, but I mean, I, yeah, I have my feelings about, I'm not a, I'm not into sports and I, you know, I've commented on my Instagram in the past that like, I think, you know, boxing, for example, is like insane. Insane. You're yeah. watching people get head injuries. Yeah. It's know? insane. And what I, enough people like sports and whatever. I'm not, I don't place judgment or anything like that on. You on, should judge more. It's more fun. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm uh whatever, you know, like everything, everything that we do has risks, right? Like yeah. I could like skiing and I'm inc significantly increasing my risk of death by skiing. Hell no. I, I don't actually like skiing. Um, but uh, just anything that you do, going to the gym, you're risking, you know, there's a significant risk of injury. But um, Pulling a muscle. But yeah, I completely see what you're saying. Like, yeah. Um, it's just silly. Because like Adam Levine was shirtless last year and he looked great. He looked super hot. And that was fine. But these girls, they were in thongs. No, they weren't. They were in three layers of nylons and then a unitard and then a bodysuit. It was a dance costume like you'd see in Cirque du Soleil. And people are losing their minds a whole week later. It's really funny. Why do you think this country has such a puritanical view about sex? Because <laughs> uh, they're not getting laid enough. <laughs> I, I swear, like, that's what it is. It's never people who have a lot of sex who are mad at attractive people. It's people who aren't actually expressing themselves that way, or maybe they let their bodies go and they don't feel sexy anymore. I encourage every woman to get on the pole. You should. Get to pole class. Get to dance class. You'll feel more in touch with yourself physically, and it's a lot of fun. I dig it. I was watching, uh, I've been watching, binge watching this show, Walking Dead, which I feel like I've seen you comment on. Oh, God, it's so stupid. <laughs> it's, well, I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's not a very deep show. It's super entertaining. Okay. Um, you know, there's definitely like a formula, like every episode is kind of similar to the one before it. But, yeah, um, it's, it's the whole, um, oh, man, we're over here, but we want something over there yeah. where the zombies are. Yeah. <laughs> I just got into the show and I'm okay. like 10 years too late, but, uh, or like, you know, after the fact, but um, um, one thing that blows my mind about the show is that there's no there's no nudity. It's like not even suggestive of like there's there's never been like a sex scene or anything like that in the show. Mm. But the level of gore in the show is insane. I find gore more offensive than sexuality personally. And like blowing people's heads off is on YouTube. But if there's a bit too much butt cheek that's flagged and taken down, it's so weird. We're weird creatures. It's super weird. It's yeah. super weird. It's like literally the gore. It's I was I commented it's like more gory than like the Saw franchise. The I movies. I don't like watching any of that stuff. But there's like no you'll you yeah. won't say boob, because oh my god, it's like a boob. That's know? like the ratings for movies that if a male uh has an ejaculation scene or an orgasm scene, it's PG-13. If a woman has an orgasm, it's an automatic R. Is that true? It's true. Isn't that weird? That's insane. Yeah. People are weird. It's just weird. And like <laughs> sexist and like, yeah, man. That's The crazy. world. The world. But that's why we got to poke at the nonsense. I agree. Because if not us, then who? I agree. Yeah. I'm not into the whole like virtue signaling, like outrage thing. That's probably... Why I like, you know, guys like Jordan Peterson. I love him. Um, my friend Dave Rubin comments on this a lot. Dave Rubin is the man. He's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, totally. I think it's it's such a, ugh, it's like kind of nauseating. It uh, made me want to get a flag printed that says virtue signal and then like stand at an airport. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a good video. I like that. Thank you. One of the other videos that I saw on your page is all about self-care. Yes. 
What are your thoughts on on self care? Uh, do it. Do it. Definitely care for yourself. Care for, care for yourself. Yeah, uh, self care isn't necessarily. Uh, I've noticed that women have, especially younger women now, I'd say like 21, 22, have taken on this whole self-care thing, meaning every weekend I get blackout drunk and roll with whoever it is and do a bunch of blow and then go to yoga. Self-care. It's probably not it. Yeah. It's probably not self-care. But yeah, I think that taking care of your mental health, meditation is huge. I love meditating. That's another thing that changed my life with the chronic pain. Meditation? Yeah. I feel literally like an X-Men now. I wow. think it's why I can take so much hate from randoms on the internet and not care. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I love you. Whatever. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of random hate on the internet, somebody today on my Instagram said that I was a literal cancer. Are you okay? I'm totally okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. But so almost like it doesn't matter. I, re <laughs> I replied like LOL or K or something. <laughs> I like, like K. Yeah, K, K is a really the, good response. K is the best. That's I use K a lot. Um, but yeah, it was somebody who you go to their profile and of course they're like vegan, plant-based and that, I'm, this is not representative of like <gasps> They really vegans. need a PR makeover they if they do. want more people to be vegan. I know it's bad. Yeah, um, they're assholes. And shout out to compassionate, you know, vegans and people on the plant-based diet that are not zealots and hateful and, you know, but I, I commented, I posted somebody's, uh, somebody, somebody on Instagram I saw posted, it was like a dozen books stacked and the and the caption was, these books have changed my life. And all the books were like, it was like a who's who of the vegan zealot community. You oh, know, gosh. it was like all vegan like related books. And so I commented in my, I put it, I screen grabbed it. I put it on my Instagram stories and I said, if this isn't like a literary echo chamber, I don't know what is. Because basically it's like if all you're doing is reading those books, you're in an echo chamber. That's what an yeah, echo yeah. chamber is, a literal echo chamber. And that's, so that's what I commented. They don't know what those words mean. With like the face slap and then some vegan person, you know, on Instagram replied to that saying that I was a cancer or something. And I was just like, okay. They probably have kindness in their profile. Right. Those are my favorite. Those yeah. are my favorite people because they literally do have be kind to everybody in their bio and like kindness first and Christian values and all that shit. They're the meanest. They're the meanest on the interwebs. Can be, they can be so hypocritical. It's funny. Yeah. It's really, there's weird subdivisions of characters constantly going on on the on the Instagram and on the interwebs and I think they're all hilarious. Yeah. I really can appreciate them. I got an influx of uh uh we'll call them the trailer trashes uh today on Twitter. Gosh, they're funny. Hmm. I posted a meme and they took it seriously. It was like a shirtless diver in his little speedo and I'm like, "Oh god, children are watching the Olympics. What a slut." And they thought I was serious. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it was great. Like everyone on Instagram got the joke and they're like, oh my God, are you serious? Is this literal? I'm like, yeah, most memes are literal all, I feel, all the I, time. I feel like comedy is something that, you know, on each social media platform, it, it's like a different art. You know, yeah. like to be really funny on Twitter, you've got to be able to like convey the humor in a tweet, which is different than like an image and that's different than like a video and that's different than like being a stand-up, I would imagine. Yeah, an, I suck at Twitter. Self-proclaimed. I wasn't on it for like five or six years because it was it five years. I think it was five years. Uh, I got hacked and then I just didn't have my Twitter for a while and it was just becoming a pain to get it back. So I'm like, nah, all right, bye Twitter. Hmm. And someone else was on my Twitter for a bit. And I just really got it back with my verification in December and I'm like, hmm, how do I play this game? Uh, yes, being angry works here. <laughs> like it's so silly. So silly. Um, okay, so you started talking about meditation. What? Yeah. Uh, what's your practice like? What style? Do you have like a style of meditation that you do? Um, I like sound meditation. It's 
I love doing the bowls. That's fun. Uh, I like to go to classes versus just doing it in my house myself. I find a big difference in going to an actual class, setting that time aside and being like, okay, bye everything. I'm here now. It just helps me. And I'll, I'll try anything that there is. I've done breath work. I, breath work is intense. Hmm. It's weird. Have you done a lot of breath work? I've done like maybe like a dozen or so times, but I always, I'm, I'm always kind of left like wondering like what I just did. The first time I did it, like this woman played like pink and like hardcore, like power rock ballad music the whole time, super, super loud. And she had us doing all this breathing and it was like a weird, like, like I was almost beatboxing. And then I was like, this is stupid. And then a couple of minutes later, there's just like tears coming out of my eyes. I'm like, what's happening to my body? She's like, push through it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm pushing through, but I'll do it. <laughs> and then at the end of the class, everyone's like yelling. And I'm like, okay, I get to yell. This is fun. But it was really, it was interesting. A little intense for me, I feel but like interesting. Breath work. Yeah. It's like one of the, breath work is one of those things that does, it kind of makes you high. Yeah. You know? I was all buzzy after yeah. my whole body. But, um, but yeah, I just don't know like yeah, I've always kind of, like, I've never, I don't know, no, you know, like, I'm sure people listening are into breath work, and I don't want to take any away from, from them or practitioners or whatever, but I've just never kind of understood, like, what, you know, like, how it's different than, like, getting a really good workout in and, you know, oxygenating your body that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was weird. It did make me buzz. And afterwards, I felt like exhausted and awake. It was really strange. Hmm. Sometimes I'll go to a meditation class and leave feeling like I had a Red Bull. Sometimes I'll leave just like, like I smoked a joint. Like it's different per class to me. It's yeah. fun. How else does uh, Nicole Arbor practice self-care? Do you, mm. do you, are you able to work out with your injury? I can start now. Really? Like, I shot two dance videos. One, like, the Pussycat Dolls are back. Don't know if you knew, but they are as of, like, today. Their single came out today, whatever day this comes out. Uh, And I shot a dance video doing, like, a Pussycat Doll thing and promoting them coming back. And I was like, holy shit, look at me go. I was dancing. Yes. Like, it's the first time in many, many years that I'm starting to feel healthier by the day. So it's pretty cool. Wow. I feel like I'm so good with chronic pain now that even when it comes, I just see it as part of my day. And migraines, I was getting them so chronically, like bad, bad migraines. But I just, when I feel it a little bit, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a shot of espresso because that tends to help me with migraines. It opens the vessels more, I was told, at the head injury clinic. And then I just say, hey, if I have to smoke a little bit, I smoke a little bit and I keep on going with my day. Hmm. I just don't let the little trigger stop me anymore. I just, okay, we're going to move around it. And I'm getting so much better. And I think it's because I'm getting happier too. I'm like, look at me doing my things I can do. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, and do you like, because uh, I know one of the things that there's some pretty good evidence yoga is really effective for treating I hate pain. yoga so much. There's Almost nothing in the world I hate more than yoga. Why do you hate it so much? Oh, it's so stupid. Oh, my gosh. Yes, there's lots of yogis out there. And guess what? I like you. Yoga's stupid. But every time I go to a yoga class, I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm working out. I'm not relaxing. I'm not meditating. Uh, Because I've had so much damage in my neck and the nerves in there, I can't do downward dog. I can't do any of the planks. I can't do most of those poses. So I'm just hurting myself or re-triggering injuries. And even before that, I just, it never did it for me. I'm like, I'd rather go to a stretch class or a pole dance class or a dance class. And then that's that's more fun for me. Or Pilates. Pilates really helped with my injuries, like rebuilding my body because I couldn't even, 
I couldn't feel it. Like I didn't have my coordination anymore, which was really weird. But reformer Pilates was amazing. Really? Yeah. Have you ever done it? I feel like I've done it once or twice. Oh, it's so good. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I do it once and I see like suddenly I have abs and all my muscles feel perfect and tight and awesome. That's awesome. It is. Yeah. I have like chronic, it's not like, it's not all the time, but every day, like in the morning, usually like I have like low back pain mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, uh, I, when I first, maybe like seven or eight years ago, I started doing yoga and I actually, I really enjoyed it because here's how I describe what I got out of doing yoga. It gives you sort of a new vocabulary with which to like experience your body. You know, like if you have tension in a certain part of your body, what I like about yoga is that it kind of teaches you uh, how to identify that tension and also how to deal with it in a way that's like pretty effective. Um, But the problem is after I, my, I hurt my lower back with like just being stupid in the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, it took a lot of the joy out of like doing yoga for me because some of those poses, it you're hurts. Right. Yeah, yeah, some of those poses just become like I don't want to, you know, like do that to my back right now. Um, so I've since then I've like not done uh, yoga classes, but um, but it's weird. Yeah, people say that yoga helps with their with back pain and and I believe them, but also hot yoga is even stupider. Yeah, yeah I just intense. like I, I really make just makes me angry. Like I'm in that class. I'm like, this isn't a workout. I'm just sweating. This is a sauna, and I'm doing this. As a dancer, it's just not enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't do it. But ice baths, I'm a, I'm a fan of those guys. Wait, are you now a fan? You were not a fan before we did it together, right? No, I was always a fan. Oh, you were always a fan. Yeah, like cryo, ice baths. I'm, I'm getting really good at it, too. It just doesn't – I don't feel it anymore. I can just, like, switch to that place in my mind where I go, like, X-Men, and then I don't move. I think – I mean, fun. for some people, it's painful when you, when you first do it. What do you love about it? Um, I love the challenge. That's what makes me happy is like I've been through so much physical pain that I almost like the challenge of this is going to hurt. Like shooting a dance video the, the other day and waking up so sore. I'm like, oh, this is muscle sore. This is good. I, oh, I can't squat down. Dope. This is, you know what I mean? Like I did this for a good reason. I just, I like that. I know it's good for me. And then I feel so much better after. So it's, I'm not going to move. I practice. It's like another meditation. It, does, it helps with your pain, right? Oh, yeah. Like instant. Like your inflammation is like, yeah. and then you're a human again. It's yeah. fun. It's amazing. It's like it's my a reset. favorite. Yeah, totally. It's like my favorite thing to do pretty much. Like that and sauna. Have you done the sauna? The switch back and forth. Switch back and forth. Oh, yeah. That's the best. It's the best. Yeah. I'm like obsessed. Um, it's funny hearing you because you are kind of... You're a holistic dude, bro, I'll call you. I think <laughs> that, that right. fits, I think, because you are like a masculine dude, but you're all holistic and like health and wellness and stuff. And hearing you be like, yeah, that's like my fave. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I love to it. Me. I mean, I, th- I just think it's like, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that like, yeah, like you said, it's like an instant you just feel it, you know, like when you get into that cold water, mental acuity, it's like, like a laser. Oh, it's the best. Um, even mood, like for mental health. I think it's like so, if, if I'm like anxious or depressed or just like moody yep. and I do the cold plunge, I feel like I'm reborn. It's, it's the best. Yeah. I agree. Oh, do we want to talk about mental health? Let's talk about mental health. Okay. Cause I, I have some thoughts on that stuff Let's too. There. I'm there. We're here. Uh, so I had severe depression, especially during that time, which some people would say, oh, well, that was just situational depression. Uh, cool, but it lasted for many years, and I got to that point of suicide. And I know that everything physiologically was changing in me, but also life just sucked so bad, and I was told I wouldn't get better. And I was put on all these different prescription drugs for years, 
and they wouldn't even let me try the natural remedies, they being the insurance companies, until I went through all these drugs. I was not suicidal until I was put on these drugs that are for mental health. And I am just so against them now. Like, I believe you might need a certain kind of prescription to help you for a little bit of time just to reset you, but that is not a long-term plan ever. That is my that is my thought on it. And I jumped down the rabbit hole mostly because I had nothing else to do about these pills and what they do to people because I saw a dragon in H&M one time. Wow. Straight up dragon. And then all the... Uh, there was skeleton heads on the mannequins chattering and telling me to kill myself because the pain won't go away. Like, that's messed up. That's insane. It is insane. And I could hear a voice in my head that wasn't my voice telling me to kill myself because the pain won't go away. And I knew enough to go, oh, this is not good. This is a different voice in my head. And I had my boyfriend at the time take me to the hospital. They were like, what do you want? I showed them the, showed them the bottle. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, how is that a response? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like this happens daily. And I went down the rabbit hole. And if you trace it back, a lot of school shooters are on the same prescription drugs. But those those aren't good stories because, you know, Pfizer and the different companies, don't shoot me, um, you know, they have a lot of money and they don't want those stories to come out so they can pay for that to not come out. But there's a very specific bloodline of people on these psychotropic drugs doing crazy shit and their personality would have never done that before the drug. So I feel like in mental health, we're actually going backwards, not forwards. And until we address things like nutrition Gut health, if you're into that stuff, you know that I like Viome. I'm into the gut health thing, um, you know, especially though nutrition, gut health. And actual emotional wounds, that's important to deal with. That's mental health structure and physical activity helps with mental health. Throwing pills at people doesn't do shit, to me at least. Yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't agree more. What was the drug that they had prescribed to you? What uh, did you want? That one at that moment was, um, come on, come on. Uh, Topamax Sprinkle. Huh. That was the name of that one. And it was, and they just throw drugs at people. They're like, hey, how about this one? Oh, you reacted weird? Try this uh, anti, um, what's it called? Seizure, anti-seizure medication. I'm like, I don't have seizures. They're like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like that really messes with your brain and your body chemistry. And it does make you extra acid throughout your body. And it just, it screws up everything. So now you have to take another pill to counteract what that pill's doing. And now you're on three, four pills. And a lot of the people I know that I met at treatment centers went that route and they're still stuck there. And I'm not, and I went this way. And I'm so much better and I wasn't supposed to get better. So... That's my story. Wow. Every, everyone has their own. Do your thing. But I'm better. So maybe, maybe explore what I did. And that's so maddening, you know, the fact that you, you know, as you say, you didn't have like truly informed consent. Oh, no. Right? Like they didn't, I mean, I, I'm imagining your doctor didn't let you know about all those various risks. You know, no. at, the, at the time, he probably thought that the benefits were going to outweigh the risks. I think doctor's appointments are about 10 minutes long and they have you know, three to five, three to five minutes to talk to you, say what's wrong today, how are you feeling today, look at your chart for two to three minutes, and they have two minutes to sign a piece of paper to prescribe you something. Doctor, the whole medical industry is fucked right now. And it's not there to help people get better. It's there to move people through the office as fast as possible, make that money and get people on drugs because they get a kickback on it. And that's just the truth. So yeah, that, yeah that's what it is. And I the pills that it it causes depression. I'm like, why would you give me a depression pill that causes depression? Just 
just riddle me that, Batman. I don't, <laughs> you know, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. It was really maddening. I feel bad for people that are stuck in that loop of dealing with insurance companies and chronic pain or chronic illness or mental illness because they're not given help. They're, they're given pills. Yeah, I experienced the exact same thing with my with my mother, who was very sick for many years, mm -hmm. and she was also on those antidepressants. And one of the, one of the things that I didn't know that I only found out when we were trying to wean her off of them is that you can't just stop them. No, no, you can't. I weaned myself off. Uh, I don't suggest everybody do this. I'm not a medical doctor. Okay, don't sue me. Um, but I weaned myself off because I went, no, I can't do this anymore. And I just when I was taking two pills a day, I started taking one and a half. And then I took one. And with other drugs, I went cold turkey because I read that some people had done it. And then I just stopped taking it. And then I was in a lot of pain. And then I got used to being in a lot of pain. We have this weird thing where we think we're not supposed to feel anything as humans. Mm. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be depressed. You have to feel things to go through them to get to the other side. And I think that we're missing that component, too, in helping people get through things is saying, you know, oh, you have a bad feeling. Let's fix it. It's like, no, let's just work our way through it, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, you know, my own experience with, with chronic pain with my lower back, like I, I rarely will, even when I'm in pain, I will rarely take pain medication. And mm -hmm. look, I'm not saying that everybody should be like me. If you have a pain condition, you know, treat your pain if you need to. Like, I'm, I, yeah. there's no judgment on people who take pain because, you know, my mom was in a lot of pain at the end of her life and mm -hmm. we were just giving her all the meds yep. that she needed to be comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. But for me personally, um, when I'm, you know, I, it, I'll have to be in such severe pain with my lower back before I take like an like a, an NSAID or aspirin or acetaminophen. Um, I, I, I spend so much of my time these days, like when I'm in the gym, like trying to strengthen my core and my lower back and like yeah. my legs and my abs and, you know, um, and, uh, to, to help kind of get, you know, uh, treat myself from a more functional standpoint as mm -hmm. opposed to just putting a bandaid on the pain. Yeah. It doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. But for real though, people that need what they need, do it, but also have a plan. Like your pills shouldn't be the end all be all. It should be, this is helping me for this much time to get to this. And you should be taking those pills to help you get your body moving again. Cause when you're in less pain, then you can get physical and then you're going to heal everything around there. You know, it just, it has to be an actual structure to it. That's what I really think is missing is just bandaid. It's like, and then what, you know, there's no, and then what? Yeah. So how do you, what are you doing these days to, uh, you know, procure better mental health for yourself? I mean, what is it, is it, well, yeah, just tell me. Cause I mean, I also feel like a big problem today for many people is like social media and oh. you have like a huge social media following and not only that, but you have set yourself up so that you're constantly on the receiving end. You know what? I'm not really though. Like I don't get a lot of hate messages. Really? Yeah. Like it came at a wave and it came at a wave again and it came again. And it's almost like they were like, fuck, we can't cancel her. This bitch is a cockroach. And I'm like, I am, you can't cancel me. And then they kind of gave up. Like I checked off, like, you know, cancel her bingo. They're like, mm, homophobic. I'm like, yeah, right. They're like racist. I'm like, nope, that didn't work. They just like, went through all the things and then they gave up, which is what happens. So, but generally what I find is like super hard on the mental health is scrolling instead of communicating. Hmm. I think when we feel emotions, we go scroll crazy. It's just our thumb is our, you know, our friend and our phones are our friends now. And yeah, I do that too. I catch myself. I'm like, oh wait, I'm upset. So I'm scrolling instead of dealing with what's going down. And 
yeah, I, I, I block people. I didn't used to block people. I'm like, no, that's, I have to stand strong in this. I'm like, I don't have to deal with shit. Block. You don't, you're not part of my life. I don't know you. Fuck off. <laughs> and I think that everyone should adopt that attitude. Like whoever it is, you fuck off. And telling the truth, God, that helps me. Because for so many years, and not to get into, you know, all the patriarchy and all that stuff, I don't go that far with it. But I just know as a woman, I was groomed to be cute. I was a cheerleader for years. It's like, be cute, be happy, nothing offends you, just be just be perfect, okay? You're, you're like a human donut. Just look nice and be great, and everyone will love you. And I'm like, nope. And when I said nope, I was so much happier. And when I noticed myself getting upset, having any kind of mental health things going down, it's because I'm putting myself in situations that don't feel right. I'm around people that aren't awesome, and I know they're not awesome because the way I feel around them, or I'm getting sucked into drama that doesn't involve me. I think because of social media, we're all just, we're little gossip girls, all of us now. We're like in celebrities gossip and we're in random people's gossip and, oh, this person's together. They broke up, whatever. It's just like, oh, let's just shut that out. I need yeah. to focus. I mean, it's definitely magnified when you're an influencer, but I think it's just across the board. You're right. Like I'm, everybody is dealing with this. I feel bad for teenagers right now. I really do. And it, it's not, it's like an old man Nicole coming in, but like. I, I feel bad for them because they are looking at these girls constantly who don't actually look like that in real life. Hi, I use Facetune as well. Self-admitted. If I have a pimple, it's gone now. Um, but they're looking at these images all day long of these girls that are popular and awesome and even the guys, and they think they have to be Instagram famous to matter. That's really what they think. I have friends who have kids who are teenagers, and they really believe that. They're like, yeah, I want to be famous on YouTube and Instagram. And if you're not, you don't really matter. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Mm. Yeah. I, like, how would you how would you be happy if that's your measure of worth, you know? Yeah. No, it's it's so hard. And then, like, the whole body posit, – bo not body posit positivity, but just the, bo the pressure mm. to have, like, these bodies that are just, you know – Not real. Yeah, not real. Yeah. It's so weird. I'm on both sides of that coin because, as you know, I'm not huge on the – everybody's beautiful. It's like, no, some bodies are not being worked out and you're morbidly obese. And so there's that side. And then the other side is that there's all these perfect, perfect, perfect bodies. Let me tell you, all the girls that I used to model with, the Playboy girls, the high-level models, they are all depressed as shit. Hmm. I would say 98% of them are the most depressed, unhappy people I've ever met in my life. And there's no pleasing them. And as the saddest thing to me is watching models or promo models aging because you start to see the desperation that they had no backup plan and this is all they were. Even Instagram models that were popular a couple of years ago that nobody cares anymore, that they went and got way too much plastic surgery. Now they look like a sex doll. Now they're fucked. No one takes them seriously. They're having trouble dating. They they turn they all turn to escorts is what seems to happen. Wow. And yeah, it's a really messed up thing. Then social media fucks with your head. Yeah, I mean, for men too, you know, like the fitness industry is is just like packed with men who, 
you know, like are just jacked beyond comprehension and they make yeah. it look like all they're doing is taking this protein supplement. Here's my, you know, inf- here's my that's discount. Not it. Here's my discount code. I thought that that's all they do. Oh my God. There's <laughs> so, there's just so much juicing going on really? like in, the, in the fitness world. Yeah. I, I mean, look, not every, that. not everybody, you know, certainly it's possible to achieve a great body and not, and not use it. But I mean, you have to think if you're like one of these guys and you're on payroll with a big supplement company and mm-hmm. you're just like veins busting out of your abs, you know, I mean, uh, you're, you're highly incentivized to do everything you can to stay lean and jacked. And also from like an addiction to social media standpoint, like yeah. from a do- from the standpoint of like reward, like dopamine in your brain. Our I little mean, doggy treats. Yeah. You yeah. gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it going. So there, I think that these guys are, are like willing to do anything that it takes to, to stay, to get jacked and then to stay jacked. Damn. Then it, I never thought of that. Yeah. And then it promotes this like false image for people that are aspiring to be that. And they think that just by buying the, you know, the supplements that these guys are often peddling, that it's, uh, that that's their ticket when the reality is you, you got to be injecting stuff, you know, and then take a photo in front of a car. That's, yeah. that's part of that package. I think part of the package. Yeah. yeah. Get, get some bitches beside you. Yeah. Um, that makes you famous on the internet. <laughs> oh my God. What a world we live in. It's weird, right? So weird. I think it's weird and awesome at the same time. It is weird. Cause awesome. we can connect. I met you on the interwebs. True. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And I make internet friends all the time. And you make like a living being able to like not sit at a desk, which is such a, you know, like you're, we're so lucky that we yep. get to do that. For me, it's cool. Cause I don't have to go to any weird casting couches. I have which used to be a thing. And I remember going to auditions that were super sketchy and being in weird situations. And I don't have to anymore. It's just, it's awesome. Damn. It's, it's great. It's really helped girls a lot. I think even in the modeling industry, because they can have their Instagrams or their Twitters or their whatever, and never have to deal with a creepy dude, except for some comments. It's awesome. Yeah. The comments, the comments I would imagine get really creepy. They're kind of fun. Um, we're almost out of just time. <laughs> We're almost wow. at, yeah, it just flew by. Bye time. What did we, I mean, uh, what did we not cover that, that, you know, that you want to talk about? I feel like we, there were so many topics. Um, what are you working on now these days? My podcast. When's that launching? Yeah, real soon. The Arbor Effect. The Arbor Effect. Yeah, we're going to, straight up, Max, we're going to fuck shit up. We're, we're going all in on every topic. Damn. And anything that people don't want to say, we're going to say it. And we're going to open the conversation. And it's two parts in the episodes. It's one presenting all the stuff and another one tagging and other people to talk with us too. That's amazing. Is Thanks. it going to be just you or you and like guests or like what's the deal? The main ones are just me. And then the secondary episodes are me with guests. Damn. Good questions. Yeah. Arbor Effect. <laughs> I love it. Everywhere that you listen and watch the podcasts, like this one. Amazing. Well, we'll, we'll definitely stay tuned for that. Thanks. Um, where can listeners find you on social media? And then I got uh, one last question for you. Great. Uh, it's Instagram, letter I, letter B, Nicole Arbor, because someone stole my name. Damn. And then, I know, right? Out of principle, I didn't buy it back. Uh, and then Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Nicole Arbor fans. On YouTube, it's Nicole Arbor. And Twitter is Nicole Arbor. Yay. And we got a video that's like launching, we I do. think, soon, right? Yeah, I'll put that out the day your book comes out. Oh, man, so excited. Woot, woot. It was silly. We it were silly like, at your house. But I think we got some really good stuff out there, some good, like, you know, actionable takeaways for your audience who might not be, who might not, like, know where the best sources to go to for health information is. When you go clinical max on me, it's really fun. When you suddenly you're like, chill max, and then you're like, yo, clinical max is here. Clinical max. Here comes your facts. And I'm, it's really fun. Max facts. Max facts. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, this was so Next fun. Baxter. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed having you on. And uh, yeah, the last question that gets asked to everybody on the show it's it's you know somewhat more philosophical. Um, but what does living a genius life mean to you? Using your head, no matter what everybody else is doing. Hmm. Yeah, making decisions for yourself, even with the influx of information, sorting through it and going, this is what's best for me. I think that's it. And then cheering for other people, too, because go team. Go team. Yeah. Are you saying that like a lot of people don't think for themselves today? Is that kind of? Yes. Yeah. That was me being a sheep. (laughs) I like that. Thanks. Yeah. I think most people, yeah, it would be safe to say most because it's a lot safer to go with the crowd at any given moment. You don't get, you know, online hate, maybe people at work disagreeing with you, family members. It's a lot easier to just go with the flow instead of being your own genius, taking in the information and being your own person. Yeah. And that's why I surround myself with geniuses like you. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm honored to be in your inner circle. Thank you, Nicole. Hey, same. And uh, yeah, this was fun. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.